Thank you, President Robert. The Oak Tree Foundation is Australia's largest youth-led international development agency with over 250,000 supporters. Our guest speaker today, Shani Kane, commenced as the CEO in February 2019 after a tenure at the Centre of Multicultural Youth as a refugee and asylum seeker youth worker and case manager. She has also worked for the Australian Youth Climate Coalition, World of Vision, and has worked on secondment in development in a number of countries, including Argentina, Kenya, Malawi, India, and Indonesia. Shani has also a master's degree in humanitarian assistance from Deakin University. Coupled with degrees in commerce and international studies, she's passionate about female and youth empowerment, sustainability, equality, cricket, and Hawthorne. Shani's topic for today is enabling and empowering youth to become active change makers. Please welcome Shani. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lower these a little bit. Um, I feel quite unprepared now looking at you all. I've just got this, but um, I tend to try and make it quite ad hoc and, and talk from personal experience rather than reading off a speech, so I hope that that's okay for all of you. Um, to start with, I'd really love to acknowledge the land that we're meeting on today, the land of the, the Wandjeri people and the Boonarong people, and acknowledge the traditional owners, and pay my respects to elders past, present and future and extend that to anyone of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander descent in the room, and also to any other cultural leaders who may be with us. So I thought I'd start, can't hear? Thank you, okay, I'll speak up for you all. <laughs> Please let me know if you can't hear me. Sorry, I did just acknowledge the traditional owners of the land as well, just wanted to, to reiterate that. Um, and I'm sorry that I do go for Hawthorne. I hope that that doesn't deter you too much from listening to me for the rest of the day. It's a hereditary issue from my father, unfortunately. Um, but I thought I'd start by talking a little bit about myself. I do believe that in order to understand Oak Tree, it is to understand me as well. So I grew up in a little town called Minyip near Horsham. If anyone's from the Wimmera, I salute you. It is a small community these days. And I grew up there with my single father. Um, this was after a period of um, my mother was quite mentally ill and, and, uh, and an addiction issue um, that I don't think we speak about too publicly and I think that that's a real shame as well because there's no shame in coming from a background of diversity. In fact, I think it's a real strength of mine as well. And then we moved up to Snake Valley, which is another small town just outside of Ballarat where I spent most of my, my childhood and adolescence before going to school um, up in Bathurst, if anyone knows that region as well, near Sydney, and then a little while in Darwin as well. So we moved around a lot, and I think I've seen a little bit of Australia, which is really lovely to know where my home is now, that it still remains in Ballarat, which is quite odd. And then I, I did my schooling years, and throughout high school, I was actually diagnosed with PTSD and depression. This stems from what I touched on earlier in my childhood, growing up in, in a situation that isn't conducive to childhood, I would say. Uh, I was a subject of family violence and of sexual assault. Again, something that I don't think people talk about openly, but to me, it's something that I'm really proud of to have overcome that. And I think if we are to break down the stigma surrounding these issues, it's to talk about them formally and in public forums where they may not be brought up. And certainly, they were issues in my childhood, but 
little do we know that it continues to play homage later in life as well. So to address these issues in later adolescence is really difficult and I went through a really difficult time at school. I went to a school in Ballarat, some of you may know the area of Sebastopol if you know the region at all. It's quite low socioeconomic, it's traditionally a working class, it's traditionally a trade school as well. And I was the opposite of that. And I was quite progressive, quite different, quite strange, quite odd. And for a long time I didn't know where my place was until a teacher really took me under her wing and sort of progressed me in the right direction. And from there I was quite successful in my year 12. So I, I represented Australia at the United Nations Youth Conference and I won their International Youth Award. I was school captain, I was college captain, I was house captain of sports, I was our cricket captain, I was our cricket coach actually. There wasn't a female cricket team until I decided there would be one. Um, I won the Australian Youth Debate Championships, I won the individual and our team came third. Um, and this was just a little bit of the achievements. But then went on to university, I got a, a really great score. I was lucky enough to actually get into law and international studies. Continued studying three years of law before deciding that I couldn't imagine being a solicitor. Sorry to any of you who are lawyers. I, I do respect you greatly. Um, couldn't see myself in that field unless it was in a humanitarian field. So I decided I wasn't too sure of what I wanted to do and that's when I took my first trip to Africa and worked in Kenya. Um, I worked between Deakin University and with the Red Cross and I worked on a water and sanitation program before heading down to Malawi to do research on how many non-for-profits work in a small country like that. For example, it's about the size of Tasmania plus a little bit and there's 160 not-for-profits working in that space. Overcrowded, overpopulated and unrealistic to the community needs is what I found it to be. After this, I came back and said, okay, what can I do that's a direct that a degree that I can actually come out with some use. So I thought commerce is that. So anyone in the business world, I still take my hat off to you, not that I'm working in it. Um, and then finished university. I was just saying before that I finished in the top 4% of my class. And I think I applied for 100 jobs before I got my first break in the sector, which was at World Vision. Then following that, I went on to work at uh, the Centre for Multicultural youth and I worked in refugee services there which has been sort of the pillar of who I'm about and I really enjoyed my time there um, and I worked in a little bit in uh, the Australian Youth Climate Coalition, really passionate about climate and I think that development and passion with climate go hand in hand and I think it's really hard to separate the two and will be increasingly hard to do so before finishing um, my degrees and then I moved on to a Masters of Humanitarian Assistance. And of this time, as you've heard, I've worked in many countries around the world and feel very fortunate to have done so. But if you'll excuse me, I, I don't like talking about myself, but I do think, um, I might brag for two seconds, I do think that what I've gone through is, as, a, as a young person and as a child, I think it's, it's pretty important to say at the age of two, 25, I have two degrees, a Masters degree, I've travelled to 48 countries, worked in eight. I've just bought my first house and now have a mortgage. So I'm sure everyone can attest to mortgage prices now are difficult. And I've got a great partner. So I think in, in this time I've overcome a lot of adversity to be standing where I am. And I think that that's a perfect segue onto Oak Tree and what we stand for at Oak Tree. So we value human rights, long-term solutions, impact, integrity, humility and diversity. And I think that if I was the, if an organisation was to embody what I look like, I would hope that I look something like Oak Tree. So as Bernie said before, we have 250 supporters nationwide. We work across five states, all including, um, sorry, six states, including ACT. We just don't work in Tasmania and the Northern Territory currently. 
we're hoping to change that. Resources are difficult at the moment, but we work both in Australia and internationally. And whilst I know that some people are, are somewhat confused by what that means, the reason we do that is that we find that development is a chicken and egg sort of issue. What comes first? Is it political advocacy and awareness of these issues, or is it programmatic work in the country? And I think a good example of this is when a, an earthquake happens in Nepal, for example, the first thing that we work towards doing is addressing the, the main humanitarian needs, which are food, shelter and water. What we don't get to is the crux of problems that, that cause people to leave their homes anyway and flee over the Indian border, causing hum, more humanitarian issues. So whilst we need to address the direct humanitarian needs, we also need to direct political corruption and things that cause the root of injustice and poverty as well. So that's what Oak Tree try to overcome. So we work domestically in Australia across five states. We have 300 student ambassadors across 200 schools. We work with universities and colleges. We're up to 47 on our list of, for this year alone in the last six months. And we create an army of young people to take on political action. So at the moment, things that we campaign for is military spend versus aid spend the use of foreign aid in the region, where we need to see action, which is youth, gender, climate change, and basic humanitarian development in political circumstances. So we, we try and rally an army of young people to create pol political change and policy change here in Australia as advocates so that we can do the work that we do overseas well. And I think that this is where the crux of Oak Tree really comes in and who we are as an organisation. Our international development programs as you've heard, I do have quite an extensive history in international development, which may surprise some people, being the ripe old age of 25. However, I can say that I genuinely believe our international programs to be sector changing. I think the way that we approach our programming is highly unique, and I think it's the way that the world needs to move. We don't have any international-based workers. We only work with local communities, and they we resource, train, and fund them. So we want to work with communities who know what needs to occur in their community so that change is not only meaningful, but it's sustainable long-term. And I think it's little known, but I think it's now 80% of the world are under the age of 40. Of this, in the Asia-Pacific, 75% of our population are under the age of 30. In Papua New Guinea, it's as high as 90% under the age of 30. In places like Myanmar, 72%. Timor, 68%. So what we're seeing is mass populations of young people. And what has typically happened is a lot of development agencies have done typical education programs, hugely necessary. However, when the education rate rises, jobs are not rising with them. So we're finding that young people come out of education facilities, they're ready to work, but there are no job opportunities for them. So what Oak Tree has steered away from is looking at the injustices that breed systemic poverty, such as youth participation in civic processes, lack of jobs and education resources, and lack of soft skill training. So as I just said before, I found it difficult job to get a job in the sector, although I was highly qualified. But what makes you get a job is your leadership skills and your soft skills. So what we're not seeing in the Pacific is the development of leaders in their own communities. So this is something Oak Tree is working to overcome. So we currently work in Papua New Guinea, Timor-Leste and Cambodia, and we only partner with youth-led initiatives because we know that when young people work concurrently with young people, rather than adults working with children or adults working with young people, that it's more meaningful and sustainable because we speak the same language. What we do need is, is an army of people working together, and that includes 
any thematic issue, the elderly, disabled, youth, gender, etc. And if we don't continue to work together, we, we see this is where development falls over. But what we're seeing is a huge gap in development that it reaches young people. So a lot of our work is targeted towards children, which is obviously necessary. It's where we see the most medical need, it's where we see the most education need, etc. But from the ages of 12 to 20, there seems to be this glaring disparity in the aid approach to young people. And that's why we're seeing masses of populations who are not doing anything and sort of working in their communities but not being able to find jobs. So the unemployment rate is higher than it's ever been in the Asia-Pacific, need for medical attention. And youth are the only other thematic issue apart from gender that we that affects everyone. One in two people are women and one in two people are young people. And disproportionately, young people are affected by things like medical emergencies, for example, AIDS. The AIDS epidemic still affects young people more than any other population in the world. So what we're seeing is the need for Oak Tree has never been greater. Yes, young people have never been more powerful or more visible, but we've never been more disenfranchised as well. And that's why Oak Tree exists, to overcome these injustices that have continued to breed systemic poverty, particularly in the Asia-Pacific. So what we're working on now is trying to mobilise the young people of Australia to work on the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals, or SDG goals, led by the UN. We're trying to mobilise an army of young people in Australia so that our development programming within the Asia-Pacific is more sustainable, more meaningful and more engaging. However, we are succinctly calling for the need for a youth and children's strategy to be mainstreamed across development. And we believe that Oak Tree is the only people that continue to do this well. So what we're trying to do is build the capacity of young people in the Asia Pacific, advocate for policy change, and partner with young people in their own communities to create long lasting change. So I think that that's a really great snapshot of what we do. And I'm really happy to take any questions or hear more about what you want to hear. I don't want to just stand up here and ramble about things that, that you're not interested in, but I think that the only, as I said, the only way for us to work together is to know what you want to hear about and what's important to other people, not just the young people.